Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate, and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met, and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is? if we refuse to recognize and understand hate. Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate. Embrace hate. Learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires. into Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com for what is dearest to you, for 
them. Let your name be worthy of you. But remember, the war consumes us all. But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being. 
nor can the dead ever be brought back to life.
All right, welcome to the Resolution Radio Network at resolutionaudio.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I am your host, St. Thomas. If you want to call in or listen now, it's area code 607-203-5423. That's area code 607-203-5423. You can follow us on various social media on Telegram at Resolution RDO and at St. Thomas Show, on Gab at Resolution RDO, St. Thomas Show, and at Real St. Thomas. On Parlor at St. Thomas Show, uh, Getter at Resolution RDO and St. Thomas Show. On Twitter at St. Thomas Show and Resolution RDO and the number one. You can also follow St. Thomas Show on Wimkin. We're also uh, going to have a Parlor channel for Resolution Radio here shortly. But, um, you know, everything, like everything else, uh, we just got to do everything in uh, small increments. So, it has been a couple of days since the anniversary of the war crime of the bombing of Dresden, Germany, and um, we're going to cover that very topic uh, this evening and why it's very pertinent that we have this war crime addressed and um, reparations um, should be put in place at bare minimum because uh, obviously the uh, particular Aggressors of, of destruction are no longer with us in this plane, so we can't actually hold them to account directly. But since everybody wants to talk about reparations and what this person and that person and this group done to that particular group, everybody should fucking pay up. Well, I think it's time that Germany really starts stepping up and starts saying, hey, America and Britain, I think you owe us not only an apology, but you better start packing shit up. You know what I'm saying? So if I was a strong-ass chancellor for Germany, I would really be going after, the, especially now the British. They're, uh, they've got a, a jackboot right on their throats, and it's actually not a jackboot. It's a sandal, and when I say sandal, it's because basically the Muslims are about to completely take over Britain uh, just by sheer numbers alone and the constant barrage of refugees that are coming into uh, the British Isles. Now, we have been seeing in uh, several British cities, as well, and maybe even in, even Liverpool, if I read something recently, but also in Ireland, uh, there are several cities that are uh, really rising up and demanding that the government stop bringing in these refugees because, it, A, these fuckers don't want to be there, and they want to run everything, especially can uh, run grooming gangs on their women and girls as well as be able to assault every man and, and uh, young boy that can come across. Because the biggest problem is they've all been brainwashed not to fight back. So it's basically considered um, not popular to teach your children how to fight back. The biggest problem we have here also is um, – we have that same problem too. If you, if all of a sudden you get attacked in school, and you dare raise your hands to, to defend yourself, and maybe just punch the bully once in the nose, you both get suspended. So basically, um, there's any type of retaliation is seen just as uh, detrimental as the actual aggressor. So, and I, I've always said, hey, you know what? Fuck that shit. If I'm going to get some fucker to go up and uh, uh, try and say, hey, you know, you're going to screw me too. Well, I'm going to make sure I'm going to go out with a fight. And so uh, I encourage, um, especially our, our young girls, 
uh, not to do cat fights. Learn how to actually fight. Learn how to actually ball up your fist. Don't don't just sit there and do a, a haymaker on somebody. Actually learn how to box. Go up and just box the shit out of some bitch. And uh, don't go sit pulling her hair and pulling her ribbons and, and kick the bitch and, and you know, front hoofer, man. That, that shit don't work. Just go up and just, like, square up and just go, bat, 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 like she's fighting a dude, man. I tell you what, it makes a big deal. And uh, those are some things I think that really matters and should be addressed. So um, my biggest issue is the issue of Dresden must definitely be addressed uh, because it is a very volatile situation, and uh, it is, by definition, war crime. And actually, interesting enough, I've been doing a little bit of research on this. Uh, if you have not seen the Hellstorm documentary, um, this is a must-watch. Kyle Hunt from Renegade uh, Tribune also does a show, Solar Storm, on Renegade Broadcasting, uh, has an excellent documentary on this very topic, Hellstorm, the Real Genocide of Nazi Germany. You can go to hellstormdocumentary.com, and there's all sorts of information up there. The biggest cover-up the biggest cover up in history, this documentary tells you the tales the victors still do not want you to know. Not just the outright genocide and uh, carpet bombing that they did right onto Dresden, Hamburg, and Berlin, but also what the what the Allied armies did to the German people. Uh, especially there was a, there was an order uh, issued through uh, Stalin's um, military director, basically says that all Female Germans are game from 8 to 88 to, to basically rape them um, nonstop and basically to destroy their pride. And if at all possible, uh, to destroy their bloodlines. Because, in fact, that was one of the biggest things that the, that the National Socialists had done for Germany was to give them uh, that great pride of their, of their folk. Now, here's the thing. Germany has been a very is a very old nation um, going back long and long millennials and millennials before um, I mean for example uh, we seem to forget probably Germany's real first true hero but long before there was ever a nation state was Arminius Arminius is the one that actually led Varus in the battle of Teutonburg Forest and wiped out an entire legion Enough that it actually drove Caesar Augustus insane. He kept banging his head on the wall every night saying, Virus, give me back my legions. This was like the creme de la creme of the Roman legions, and they were wiped out. Betrayed from within by Arminius. So, but yet when it came time to the uh, 2000th anniversary of that incredible uh, victory for Deutschland, it was very well downplayed because of the fact they don't want to uh, uh, don't want to emulate a national military hero that might inspire the Germans. In other words, they don't want the Germans to find their pride again and get uppity. Does that, that's exactly what that means. But I encourage you to go to hellstormdocumentary.com. You can actually watch the film there. You can also uh, watch it through Odyssey, uh, through BitChute. You can also download it as well. But I would definitely encourage you to support the filmmaker. Go to the website and buy a copy on DVD. It's only $20. It's 
And that's definitely worth having in your documentary collection, that's for sure. Uh, besides, when it comes to media these days, I prefer having hard copy myself. Uh, when it comes to music, movies, stuff, I prefer having hard copies because that way, if your shit gets fucked up, you always have a hard copy available. So uh, we're going to discuss this very topic tonight, and we're going to have a very impressive um, write-up once again. The Krauts of the Round Table, as we have called it, uh, we'll be talking about this very topic. We will have Joe Spies, the very um, esteemed filmmaker of the trilogy featuring Adolf Hitler, The Greatest Story Never Told, Communism by the Back Door, and Secret Masonic Victories of World War II. Uh, will be joining us. Um, behind the Iron Curtain, escapee and survivor, Harold Zeger, an author of the book Freedom's Nightmare, will also be joining us. I encourage you to uh, – there's still a few copies left on Amazon of his first version of his book, still available. Uh, not that many, though, because I've actually bought a copy myself recently as an extra one, and it's getting more difficult to find. But I know that uh, Mr. Zeger is actually working on an updated version and to be republished and also, uh, from my understanding, in different formats, not just paperback. It should be also available through Kindle and other um, formats as well. And, of course, Monica Schaefer, um, the esteemed violin player, sister of Alfred Schaefer, um, will be also joining us again as well to talk about this topic because of the fact that the, our commonality here is that we all have Deutsch bloodlines, and we're very proud of it, too. We're proud to be Krauts, and we don't give a damn what anyone thinks about us or the history of our nation in which we were all founded from. doesn't matter if we were born in another country somewhere else. Deutschland runs in our veins. Hail victory. So we're going to talk about this very topic of the, the bombing of Dresden, that it is a war crime, that it needs to be addressed, and it must be rectified. Even if that means making sure that the – since we're talking about restitution and all this other crap these days, I think it's time for the British and the Americans to start uh, stepping up. And because uh, actually for once, Russians are not guilty of this particular crime, to the best of my knowledge. So, because they were too busy coming in on the Eastern Front. Okay, real quick, I'm just going to run through the summary of the bombing of Dresden World War II from Wikipedia, which I thought had some interesting little aspects in it. I know Wikipedia is biased as fuck, but it always gives you a good primer on a topic, and you can always go into it afterwards. The bombing of Dresden was a joint British and American era bombing attack on the city of Dresden, the capital of the German state of Saxony, during World War II. In four raids between 13th and 15th of February, 1945, this is interesting facts, ladies and gentlemen, 772 heavy bombers of the Royal Air Force and 527 of the United States Army Air Forces dropped more than 3,900 tons of high-explosive bombs and incendiary devices on the city. The bombing and the resulting firestorm destroyed more than 1,600 acres of the city center. So that's approximately... 6.5 kilometers squared. An estimated 22,700 to 25,000 people were killed. Three more USAF raids Two occurring on the 2nd of March, aimed at the city's railway marshalling yard, and one smaller raid on the 17th of April, just before the end of the war, aimed at industrial areas. 
Boy, talk about fucking uh, kicking a dead horse, huh? Post-war discussions on whether the attacks were justified and the tens of thousands of civilians killed in the bombing have led to the event becoming one of the moral causes celebs of, of the war. Despite the current understanding of the ability of Nazi Germany to continue the war at the time, Allied intelligence assessments overemphasized the danger of the Russian advance, faltering or the establishment of a Nazi redoubt in southern Germany, see Alpine Fortress. Two United States Air Force reports published in 1953 and again in 54 defended the operation as the justified bombing of a strategic target, which they noted was a major rail transport and communication center, housing 110 factories and 50,000 workers in support of the German war effort, which is bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. One thing I have to give the Fuhrer some serious credit on is when he did attack Britain, he made sure he attacked military targets as much as possible, not civilian targets. When it became later on that it didn't matter because obviously the Allies were were determined to ethnically wipe out the Germans. Then he's like, fuck it. It's all game on, man. We're running out of fucking shit anyways. Start sending the V-2 rockets and just let them land wherever the fuck they land. If they destroy fucking um, Buckingham Palace, oh well. You know? I'm surprised that the, the right Reichstag building was even still standing after the war, to be quite honest, or even the Brandenburg Gate. I mean, as much as they destroyed that city, bombing the shit out of it, the the subsequent attacks by the uh, armed forces of the Allies made it worse. Uh, several research, researchers assert that not only not all of the communications infrastructure, such as the bridges, were targeted, nor were the extensive industrial areas which are located outside the city center. Critics of the bombing have asserted that Dresden was a cultural landmark with little strategic significance and that the attacks were indiscriminate era bombing and were not proportionate to the military gains. Absolutely. Not to mention it was always known as a great um, artistical center. I mean, all the gorgeous infrastructure, the museums, I mean, just the cultural significance of Dresden literally being wiped from the face of the earth. Is absolute travesty, absolute travesty, and needs to seriously still be addressed. It really does. Uh, some have claimed that the raid constitutes a war crime. Immediate German propaganda claims following the attacks played up the death toll of the bombing and its status as a mass murder, and many in the German far right referred to it as Dresden's Holocaust of Large variations in the claimed death tolls have fueled the controversy, though the numbers themselves are no longer a major point of contention among historians. The city authorities at the time estimated up to 25,000 victims, a figure that subsequent investigations supported, including a 2010 study commissioned by the city council. However, in March 1945, the German government ordered its press to publish a falsified casualty figure of 200,000 for the Dresden raids, and death tolls as high as 500,000 have been claimed. One of the main authors responsible for inflating figures being disseminated in the West was Holocaust denier right, David Irving, who subsequently announced that he had discovered that the documentation he worked on had been forged and the real figures supported the 25,000 number. So, uh, again, there's some interesting stuff in here and the significance of Dresden as a military target, is completely unacceptable because of the fact that it was mostly 
old children refugees fleeing the red uh, the oncoming red army. So again, uh, these are things that need to be really justified. And, and that being said, I, I think the one positive thing about Dresden is uh, in future wars, um, the United States in particular has been very careful about what they bomb in general because, in fact, they could easily be um, fall into this trap of being considered a war crime. Uh, so you see with the bombing and stuff that we have available today, we can get very specific targets as opposed to just carpet bombing. I mean, as much as many bombs as we've dropped in World War II, supposedly one statistic I heard that in Hanoi, North Vietnam, more bombs have dropped in North Vietnam than it was in the entire war of World War II, which I find very hard to believe. That skinny-ass little country, if it had been bombed like Dresden was, it wouldn't even be existing. Vietnam would be pretty much a, a fucking center, just absolute just completely unheard of that that stuff would even happen like that. So we're going to um, talk about this, uh, some of the significance of Dresden, how it still resonates today, and some interesting stuff that the city has put together, such as a 360 view um, display there in Dresden, where you can see the entire destruction of the city from a platform from a 360-degree perspective, which is actually very, very powerful in its own right. So we'll be back with Dennis, Harold, and Monica after these brief messages. You produce your own music and want to market it successfully. Your solution, Fire.com. This is how digital music distribution works. Register, load up song, and earn money. Fire.com takes your music into over 300 download portals. For example, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, or Beatport. Register now and take off with Fire's professional music distribution. Load up your music. Do you want to fix America's police and take the country back in the process? If you answered yes, then CSPOA needs you. CSPOA.org, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, is an organization comprised of citizens, sheriffs, police, and other government officials. We are taking America back sheriff by sheriff, county by county, and state by state, and we need you. Over 300 sheriffs constitutionally trained, we teach public servants the Constitution and need your help. Become a part of the solution today at CSPOA.org. You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Saint Thomas Show with Saint Thomas on ResolutionRDO.com. Call in or listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203. Five, four, two, three. 
By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Flocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. Flocketpocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at Blockitpocket.com or call 888-315-9618. Blockitpocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. All right, welcome back to the Resolution Radio Network of ResolutionRadio.com. You are listening to the Sonny Thomas Show, and I am your host, Sonny Thomas. And again, if you want to call and listen now, it's area code 607-203-5423. It's area code 607-203-5423. The crowds of the round table, as I like to affectionately call us, uh, myself included, I have a lot of ancestry from Deutschland. And I'm actually uh, digging into a little bit more of both sides of the family um, as well to find out um, a little bit more of our harvesting points, um, as well as some other aspects. I also have a wee bit of Scotch, as well as Lithuanian in, in the bloodline as well. But uh, And I've been to Scotland, and uh, I tell you what, man, you just know when you when you come back to a homeland that your blood is connected to, man, it just absolutely changes. It's like when you first walk through woods by yourself. It's that spiritual rejuvenation when you get away from civilization. It, it just absolutely uh, re- just refills your soul, man. It, it really does. It's to detach from that. So when you go back to your homelands, it really makes you just go, wow, you know. So I've been to Scotland twice, and I hope to do it again one more time um, uh, in my lifetime because of the fact that uh, I really enjoyed it there, and uh, it's a it's awesome place to go. It really is. But Deutschland is definitely um, a pilgrimage that I have to make. One thing is for sure. Okay, so um, starting off with our guests, we have Dennis Wise, is the filmmaker of Adolf Hitler: The Greatest Story Never Told, and uh, he's joined us again for this uh, roundtable summit. So, Dennis, welcome back to the Sun Thomas Show. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, yeah. Doing okay. Excellent. Uh, next, we also have Harold Zieger, who uh, escaped from East Germany in the mid-1980s, uh, spent 20 years in Austria, uh, learned to speak English, eventually had an opportunity to come to the United States. And then uh, when Obama was running for as usurper of the White House, he realized the things this guy was saying was the very things he, he went to escape from wrote a book about his experiences growing up in the, behind the Iron Curtain called uh, Freedom's Nightmare. So it's definitely a uh, book to look up for sure, and he has a new version coming out very soon. So, Harold, welcome back to the Science Thomas Show. Hi, Sonny uh, and uh, Dennis and also Monica. I, uh, I'm happy to be here again. Uh, it's a great uh, opportunity to remember that there is no relief for the dead as long as those who are guilty are heralded as heroes. And every time I hear that uh, the American bomber pilots and the British bomber pilots heralded as heroes, it cringes me because that's just not true. They are not heroes. Now, I don't blame any, any of those personally. They were all deceived and all brainwashed and propagandized, 
but still they are not heroes. They are actually, every single one of them is part of a mass murder system because that is what they did. Uh, just that one city uh, um, in Germany was wiped out within 15 minutes, 20,000 people died. This has nothing to do with fighting a war. That is mass murder. And Dresden, the numbers are not correct. Uh, just over the last four weeks, I researched again because uh, of that anniversary there. And there are decent, decent sources talking about 250 to 350,000 people died in those three days of attacks. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here to talk with all of you and uh, consider what, what, what can we learn from it. I think that's the most important part. And uh, to close my intro, my book in a new edition, Freedom's Nightmare, will be available latest on Monday next week on Amazon in printed version and also as an EPUB book. So for everybody who wants to download uh, EPUB version can do that. Well, I'll definitely make sure I get a new copy so I can have you sign as well, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do Should that. Should be required no reading. As a matter of fact, I, the extra copy that I bought recently, I, uh, I, I loaned to my mother so she can kind of read. Um, what you went through a little bit so she can understand a little bit more of what it was like having to grow up over there. So it's actually um, probably definitely an eye-opener, that's for sure. Also, I want to bring back um, Monica Schaefer. Uh, she's no stranger to this program as a guest as well as a host, and um, hoping, looking forward to, to maybe hosting the show again uh, sometime soon because she always has interesting subject matter to bring up, that's for sure. Um, and her <laughs> brother had been recently released from prison there in Deutschland. And so that's a, a great, and, and I've also seen that he's already back in action. He's not uh, resting on his laurels, as they say. He was already no. featured on the recently. And um, so he's still very active in speaking his mind, and he's not going to let the powers that be tell him he can't. So i got to give him some credit and um, give him uh, a much much needed tip of the hat because that's for sure. So Monica, welcome back to the Faye Tommy Show. Thank you. Is the sound good? I'm on a really, really old phone. Is it it sound sounding okay? Oh, you sound fantastic. Okay, good, good. See these old rotary dialed the old black phone, you know? <laughs> it it still works good. <laughs> they work the best. They yeah, work the any, best. Yeah. Anyway, no electronics. Um, yeah, that, it's really great to be back with Dennis and with Harold, both of you. It's an honor for me to be uh, on the show together with you, and thank you, Sonny, for having me back. And it, there is so much to talk about in Dresden, and you were just mentioning my brother. He was actually arrested in Dresden on Saturday, which is the main day that they did their commemoration, um, you know, remembering the dead. Walk now. He has. He was released, so don't worry. He's not in jail. He's not in a little tiny cell again. Um, but I can tell that story if you like, and I can talk about some other things that happened on the weekend in Dresden. I've kind of got firsthand, well, secondhand because I'm not there, but from my brother, firsthand, secondhand through me, account of some things, and also, um, well, I. I'm really happy you've, you've got another edition of your book coming out, and I never did order it before, so I'm going to wait till after Monday, Harold, and I'm going to order one. And just on another piece of news, I have 
um, uh, a book myself. Now it finally got published, and it's it's got the same title as the the video I made in 2016 that kind of changed the tra- trajectory of my life. <laughs> But it's not available at Amazon, sorry to say. <laughs> and, and the other thing I'd like to say is I, I rewatched the, the third of Dennis's trilogies because I had seen it before online, and, and then he so kindly um, sent one to me, and, and I watched it from the DVD hard copy. And it is yep. just so brilliant. It really is. And same with the other two series. So I just wanted to say that, too, before we launch into the discussion further. Yeah, go ahead, Dennis. No, I was saying thank you very much. I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as you're going to enjoy such a, such a documentary. But, yeah, I think what we're seeing today is uh, a similar thing to what happens start World War Two, where we have the old invasion going on down at Ukraine and the old propaganda coming out from America and, you know, history tends to repeat itself. I know it's not quite, quite the same, but it is, uh, it is a frightening time uh, these days because of the, uh, of the call from, from the West, especially, for a, for a war with Russia which nobody in the right mind would want. Uh, right. But these people have done what they've done in the past, and they'll do it again, don't they? Well, you know, Harold had brought up on the show uh, before that uh, it, when, when the special military operation uh, had begun into the Ukraine by Russia, he said a lot of the same propaganda that was that was going out there when it came to Germany invading Poland was almost, I wouldn't say identical, but he said it had very big echoes to what was going on there, um, why the Germans invaded Poland in 1939. What they don't talk about, good detail in your documentary, The Greatest Story Never Told, is the fact that that whole section of Deutschland that was stolen by the by the Allies of World War One and given to Poland, that the atrocities committed to the German yeah. people in that uh, in that zone. Um, supposed or not very well documented when actually some of the just the pictures you featured in the documentary alone was pretty horrific on what they were doing to ethnic Germans. Well, that being said, you have a nationalist leader like Herr Hitler who basically says, I'm, I'm all about uh, you know the German people. If he were not going there to do something about that, then it would show that he was a complete fraud. But he did do something about it. It was his duty as chancellor to do something, and he did. And, of course, the allies were saying, oh, you can't do that. And it's like uh, – so they basically gave him a day or two to get out or uh, that war was being declared. And then Neville Chamberlain said, okay, we're not going to get a war. And that's the beginning of it. Hitler didn't want a war, yeah. but uh, it was no, pretty he obvious didn't. that he was prepared for it. Mm-hmm. So – you would have to invade. I think you went to something like a year, you know, trying to negotiate, but eventually, if you don't negotiate, then he has to move, and they do that. Yes, I actually have a book that has yeah, what, all of Hitler's uh, peace um, uh, offerings. Yes, 16 peace, and, and, um, 16 and, peace and offerings, again, yeah. Yes, and if you watch yeah. the uh, Europa, the last battle, uh, it also discuss, it talks about that a lot, about oftentimes that, uh, that Hitler had sent 
stuff before, during, and even after the war had started, and it was completely um, just dismissed. Yeah. And then there's the big question about there's a big question about um, you know deputy uh, deputy Fuhrer Hess. What was he a martyr for peace, or was he basically being forced out of the of the uh, NS party and basically ran off the to Britain? I like to believe the former no. as opposed to the latter. No. Yeah, there is a very yeah there is a very interesting book out. Uh, unfortunately, still only in German available. Uh, there is a website. It's called Der Schelm, S C H E L M, which uh, uh, reprints or reproduces, republishes books which are officially not allowed. And I think he does that in Great Britain or somewhere, and then uh, you can order them and they get shipped in. Uh, This book is actually based on facts. And uh, the the best estimation or the best uh, consideration of the facts allows to talk about that Hitler and Hess tried to get in touch with a um, obviously non-existent, but from the British uh, MI6 uh, promoted or uh, uh, yeah promoted in uh, outposound and um, mentioned to the German resistance, the you know the former Communist Party members which were still free and running around and trying to sabotage everything. So they they got the information and through in, uh, interrogations of captured um, terrorists inside Germany, the German uh, Gestapo get the information that there is a group in Great Britain which will obviously try to topple the government uh, and uh, stop the war and agree get in a peace agreement with with Adolf Hitler and Germany. And based on that information, uh, Hitler and Hess agreed that Hess would go on a secret mission. He was a very, very experienced pilot, aircraft pilot, which most people don't know. Um, he also spoke English very well, too. Yes, he, he grew up in, in, in Great Britain. Um, and he flew over and ran all, all the headlong into that trap. Because it was a trap by the by the British uh, uh, Secret Service or in MI6, MI5, whatever. I, I can't remember which one of the MIs that was, and uh, that was a trap. And uh, so it, it, that was another proof Hitler never wanted this war. He never wanted it. If you look at until 1938. The, the German budget had only two and a half percent of its uh, GDP determined for military. Even though 1935 they reinstalled the mandatory military service, but still the the budget was not overwhelmingly uh, mandated to military armaments. It was just 2.5 or 2.8 percent. Only in 1938, it grew to 13%, and 1939 to 20%. And even in 1942, it was only 25% of the GDP. That is how much wow. Hitler wanted to conquer the world, right? So this is, right. this is all, all propaganda. And then what most people don't know, 
that uh, until 1937, Germany had a peace treaty, a, a, actually a mutual non-aggression pact with Poland, with the Polish government and the Polish people were very well aware of. And it started all when the, uh, when the uh, uh, council or whatever they have president at this time when he died, and uh, yeah. the military uh, uh, little Napoleon Pzulski got on power. That was when it started in 1937. He canceled that agreement and he started to instill and uh, ignite all these atrocities against German settlers. Um, within, within one year, just in 1937, over 28,000 German families uh, left left uh, Poland or the former German, the German territories because of that harassment and, and, and the uh, atrocities. And that is never talked about. 1938, uh, I think it was in May or in June, um, Polish uh, newspapers started to print articles where it was like, we will beat the Germans back to the Rhine and, and things like that. And then in later in 1938, a map, a, a printed map, you can, could buy them in Poland, appeared where Berlin was, tile of, was part of Poland. And all of that is, is, is history. It's proven history. And people are too ignorant, too stupid, too, too brainwashed or whatever. Not even the Germans understand it anymore. They are, they are far beyond rescuing their brains from these infiltrations and, and uh, yeah, brainwashing. They've been, they've been uh, dumbed down and, and brainwashed, unfortunately, but yep. Yep. surely people can say that their own country is going to disappear eventually, and they still can't see it. Well, that, but I mean, Monica, you've traveled uh, a lot between Canada and Germany and stuff, and um, it's also one of those things over over a period of time, especially in, with the interchanging of leaders, you probably noticed a lot of uh, differences uh, in, in during your your uh, times there and back. I mean, have you noticed any type of awakening that's going on in Deutschland, or or people still asleep because they've been told to stay asleep? Because I still see, I don't see anything in mainstream media, but I see an alternate media where you're starting to have uprisings in many yeah. towns because they're really starting to protest these forced yeah. invasions. Of migrants in, in these, I mean, you got a exactly. thousand migrants in a town of 200. It's a problem. That's right. I, I think that this, the, right now, our current times, a combination between the the COVID, you know, genocide, death, bioweapon that they're, they tried to get everybody to take, between that and the actual you know, invasion of the country, and one shouldn't even call them migrants, nor should one call them refugees. <laughs> These are invaders who are being invited yes. in, and, you know, the borders just open up um, completely to them. And the German so-called representatives in government who are mere puppets, basically calling for the death of Germany, calling for the end of Germans, and the worst of them are the Greens, the, the party that I used to be very involved in, but little did I know that that was actually the watermelon or the communist <laughs> party. Yeah, nice packaging. It's green on the outside and red on the inside, you called, see. We, yeah. Oh, wow. We called them yeah. melon so, party. Yeah, we called them watermelon. 
Exactly. <laughs> and they are the worst of the worst. You just so they are calling for the end of Germany and they think that is good because they have through this re-education program that was implemented since the end of World War 2, they the people have basically their minds were absolutely poisoned. I mean, if we think we were re-educated, multiply that by about, you know, maybe a hundred in Germany because they were the the target. I mean, the, the crosshairs, they were in the crosshairs. They were to be genocided, and there are books that tell us exactly that, that, you know, Germany must perish as an example of that, but yes. now, by extension, the yes. entire white, white race. So they're, you know, but they are waking up now, I have to say, but obviously not everybody, but I don't know what percentage of people, but, you know, the mainstream media doesn't show us, but yes, on the the um, alternative media and press, you can see that hundreds of thousands of pe Germans were out in the streets and in some cities every single week, every single weekend, they would be out there in droves. And I mean, that is a, a pretty big thing to do in Germany, especially in that uh, utter occupied police state of a country where, look, my brother, who, okay, he was not supposed to go to Dresden, he didn't get the police order that they delivered at his house two hours after he left his house, he didn't get that, and, and so he only found out about it when he was in Dresden, and the police surrounded him and, and arrested him. For what? Because he's not supposed to talk to people on the extreme right, and he says to them, look, I don't even know what you're talking about, extreme right, extreme left, polka-dotted, striped. If, if you're on my extreme right, I turn 90 degrees and face you, and then you're straight in front of me. I don't know what you're talking about. And he also treats these, these so-called laws and mandates and orders as just blots of toner on paper, which is all they are. None of these are legitimate. The, 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 Germany is not a legitimate sovereign state. It is an occupied country. And that's, they don't teach that to the school children in school, of course. But no. so all their laws are illegitimate, or all their orders are illegitimate. Besides which, that order that he got, actually, the order that he got, um, some police showed up at his door two hours after he left, but his wife uh, was there. And this order was never signed. So they even show us. You know, they, they show you in your face that it's not legitimate. They don't sign these things. But he was supposed to show up at a police station twice a day during those four days between, I think, February 9th to 13th, or maybe it was five days, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, they were doing that so that he would not go to Dresden because they had caught wind of the fact that he, this dangerous person who, you know, he's dangerous because he tells the truth, was going to speak in Dresden. But I can tell you some stories about what actually took place on the ground in Dresden. Um, <clears throat> so about over a 1,000 people were there mourning, mourning the dead. And, and I would say, Harold, you had estimated or you were saying that, you know, possibly 250,000, 300,000. I think that's a very conservative figure. Nobody will ever know exactly how many people died there, but there's no way they can count all the bodies. First of all, Many of the people were not There's too many buried. dwellers. They they didn't live there. They were the refugees pouring in from the yeah. east. So those people are not accounted for, for, for one thing. And for another thing, they couldn't count the bodies because many of the bodies were just completely burnt, like completely vaporized, burnt. You could not have counted bodies. It's not like a car accident where you can count the people that are mangled in the car accident. But this was an utter 
true Holocaust, which means burnt offering and a total burnt burning, you know. So, I mean, the firestorms there. So it could be that a half a million died. It could be that 600,000 died. It could be that even 900,000 died there. Nobody will ever know for sure because the city's population had swollen to somewhere between two and three times of what the actual population of the city was uh it just from by the the number of residents there and well, all then, then let's, women let's, and children let's, and let's civilians some of that real quick monica let, let's Sorry? say that, let's say the, let's say the allies got that information let's say they got the intelligence and said yeah there's a lot more people in there than what than what there normally is because the refugees that they were hoping that they were all crowded in there so they can get the massive the most body count that yes. they could do i mean it was Churchill's express genocide. purpose. Yeah, it yeah. was Churchill's will and express desire to base 600,000 Germans. He said, do not tell me, you know, about military targets here or there. Tell me how I can base 600,000 Germans is what he said. This is documented. Now, um, I want to tell you one more thing about Dresden before I pass pass it back to you. I watched a 30-minute video of the procession because this was before I knew that Alfred had been arrested, and I was looking for him. I was looking for him to see if I might happen to see him. I didn't see him. What I did see, though, first of all, the, the mourners were all very peacefully marching along, walking along, and, you know, just doing what they're doing very peacefully. Then there's the Antifas, and there were many of them, and then there's the police, lines of police that are keeping the two parties separate. But the Antifas are just absolutely screaming and raving mad lunatic. You know, they're young, mostly young Germans. Probably they're being paid, just like in America they get paid, you know, to they're mercenary, basically. But anyway, there was a banner there, and I have to tell you what this banner said. There were two words on it, and Harold, you can confirm for me what this means, and it has two meanings, but in German, it was Nazis töten. Now, Nazis töten, in my view, can be interpreted in English as Nazis kill or kill Nazis. And I ran this by many German-speaking people and asked them to correct me if I'm wrong, but that is another way to interpret Nazis töten, is kill Nazis. Meanwhile, these Antifas are screaming at the mourners, calling them all Nazis, you know, Nazis go home, and Nazis, like just really vile and full of hate. And there was this banner saying Nazis töten. Now, the... They didn't get arrested for incitement, not just incitement of, to hatred, but incitement to murder, breath away. And mm-hmm. nobody stopped them from having that banner there, you see. So anyway, I just wanted to tell you that story. And yeah. I, yeah, go ahead. So you can actually say it or understand it in both ways. Yes. You can't. There's no way not to do that. You can say either kill all Nazis or Nazis are killers. Yeah, yeah, so Nazis can use kill, it, but you, Nazis do kill. Because it's like a command. If you if it's kill all Nazis, it, right. it's like a it's like a, a, a demand, like like sit down. It's like right. that. It's like right. kill Nazis. The you next, know? Yeah, the next point, I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, it's where it was the... the uh, morning march was only allowed under the condition that nobody brings a peace uh a peace flag 
that was forbidden to have a peace flag really? while marching and mourning. Yes, that was officially in the instruction for the organizers of that march, not bringing a peace flag. Wow. And some, some who brought a peace flag were either arrested or the peace flag was confiscated. But these, but these uh, uh, criminals, these paid mercenaries, as you said, that's exactly what they are, criminal paid mercenaries, they can do whatever they want. They can spread hate. They can uh, uh, beat people to death. They can beat them to pulp in, in, in the hospital. Nothing happened to them. Never anything yeah. happens to them because they are the tool of the Edomites. The Edomites are running the show. The Edomites were this, what, what Jesus told are of the devil and these people are running the show today, and the white people, the Adamic race, the white people are their enemy, and they need to be extinguished. That's all what it is. That's the reason why they initiated World War One. That's yeah. why they initiated World War Two, and that is why they initiated the war against Russia. Because again and again and again, white Adamite race people killing each other under yes. their speeds of doing something for their country. Not too distant future, the white countries and the white, the white race itself will realize, probably too late, what the Germans were trying to do uh, in trying to save Christian Europe, white Europe. Uh, and now, all white people are Nazis. They're good for everybody. Yes. Well, uh, that, but people are starting to see the outright that the Kluge plan is becoming a little bit more well known now, and so yeah. again, I, I I don't think you uh, sometimes I don't really know if you fully grasp the the reach that your documentaries have done, Dennis, because of the fact that uh like I said, I've talked to people on Facebook who've seen Greta's story more than any 9/11 Truth um thing, no matter how far it got. That's like a small little pinch of salt compared to your beach of, uh, of what you've done. I mean, seriously, I've talked to so many people who've seen it, or people are telling me, watch this, man, I'm telling you. And there's a reason why I don't tell you this, because I don't want you to know. And and I've also learned to I've also learned to talk to coworkers, passerbys, whatever, and again on the topic, as a uh, a more positive view and say, you ever think about the reason why Hitler is so badly vilified? I mean, do you ever watch his speeches? Do you ever read the translations? Even when I was a kid and I didn't understand anything about politics, I said, how can you disagree with anything this man is saying? And then when, when you get older and you understand a little bit more how politics works, as well as a head of state and what a head of state would do, totally reacted in the proper way that a head of state of, of Germany would have had a huge Germany first policy. Uh, and, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, in, in any other country where you have anything, even a, a sliver of what Hitler did as far as positivity for their own country, pales in comparison to what Hitler did because of the fact that he was all about Germany first and realizing that, look, we've got great culture, we've got great history, we've got great engineers, we've got science and philosophy. Germany was the biggest competition to the British Empire, and that's why Britain had to take Germany out, because 
even long before World War One, they realized that after Bismarck had united the city states in, into one country, Germany was a major threat because of the fact that these guys are yep. very intelligent. They, they had excellent engineering capabilities, and they could easily become their own empire just within a few decades. And the British Empire was, yes. was at the threat of a, a serious competitor, and that's why they had. To, no. They were already talking about babies on spikes or uh, babies on uh, bayonets, and and just the, the demonization of Germany began as quickly as the nation had begun. So um, I need to add something to that. What most people don't know, at this time, the British government was already vastly controlled since roughly 1893 or four. I'm not 100% on that date, by a group which was called, um, uh, what was the name? Dennis, you know that. Um, it, was a, it was a group of uh, Jewish financiers which controlled actually the major uh, ministers and the major newspapers, and with, you mean with the power of the newspaper, not only Rothschild. Okay. Well, the Rothschilds have been in control a, since after World War One because of uh, um, yes the, the the Battle of Waterloo. They told them that they lost. Yes. And then they bought up Germany by, by pennies on a pound. So. You, yeah, first uh, um, nation which was financially occupied and conquered. Great Britain was the first one. And um, with that power... because of the fact that uh, uh, I think more and more people start looking into it and they start connecting the dots. My biggest issue is right now is is that if they don't start connecting the dots and seeing the, the, the picture or the, or the mosaic quick enough, it's going to be too late. But there is a great awakening going on because with the COVID crap that came through, people are starting to see the propaganda for what it is. Uh, I was just telling a friend of mine in Russia today, she was asking about the stuff going on in East Palestine, Ohio, I was like, that's really far from me, but I'm concerned about the aftermath because of the fact that it's uh, the stuff could be pouring into the Ohio River, which is going to run down uh, all along the southern border of the state and could affect a lot of river towns, including Cincinnati. And Cincinnati is only you know about 50 miles uh, south of me, and we and we already saw one story that a lady a lady's chickens and a roosters and a rooster are all dead. Uh, from the fallout of the stuff, and they're 10 miles away from there, and I think even to the west. So um, I thought that was pretty interesting. I still saw it on, on Gateway Pundit, and I'm just kind of like, wow, there's already some fallouts, yet the, the government is saying that they could go ahead and start going back to their homes. I'm like, you better be lowering up now because I tell you what, you guys are all going to wind up with cancer within the next few years or so, all sorts of maiming and deformities, 
and you better be ready to start suing them now because uh, the media here is not talking about it at all. It's not even a topic no. of discussion. It tells me something no. is seriously going wrong there, or this is a beta test for something else entirely different. So you, you need to know who owns or who has the majority of shares on Norfolk Southern. That is BlackRock and Vanguard. So BlackRock belongs to Vanguard. So Vanguard is a very secretly hold investment fund where nobody knows who actually are the investors. But the suspicion is that in Vanguard are all the uh, it's all the old money of the uh, uh, of the of the Jews, included the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, and all of those. They have their money in that in that Vanguard, and from Vanguard out, they use BlackRock as an investment firm, which which is which has its tentacles almost everywhere. There is not one international corporation where BlackRock has not at least a major saying in the direction and strategy and the position of a CEO or a president in that corporation. They are controlling over $15 trillion in investments, the black one. Mm. And if you look at this, I mean, wh why are people not realizing that no matter what they do, as long as these gigantic money controllers exist, there is nothing to change. Nothing will change. And the next step, they know that their, their money scheme is imploding. They know that. They know that for years, and that's why they are working on that di digital money, a digital yes. dollar, and it will come. It's only a question of time. Now, what I think what will happen, and that's just Harold speculating, right? They will put out that digital dollar. They will give people about a month or so, maybe maybe even less, to uh, to uh, reorganize their financials into that digital dollar and uh, and make that happen and then the system will not be able to handle the necessary trans trans transfer transfer of all of the informations at one moment in time they will not be able to do that and that system will crash and then the whole economy of the United States and maybe the whole Western world will crash. I guarantee you that. This is this is my suspicion. And they think they can they can rescue their their Ponzi scheme with producing money out of thin air with no value or no no actually uh, assets behind. And they think they can keep that going when they switch into a digital version where they can control how people spend their money. So to direct that, for example, you go, you go and want to shopping and you, you, you start your car and your, your car doesn't start anymore because it's an electrical car, right? ECVs only. And it doesn't start and you wonder why. And your computer in the car tells you, you, you cannot drive today. Oh, why not? Because yesterday you said on your radio show, you are not in agreement with the opinion of the, of the powers, right? Mm. That's right, what, so that's what you have to do is to create a company store policy where you can only buy stuff from a company store. I mean, that's exactly what it's turned into. Yep, yep. Yeah, the total – so in, in, in Europe, it's now 100% given. 1930, uh, in 2035, all 
combustion engines are banned. They can produce any car, truck, or whatever with a combustion engine, 19, uh, 2035. Oh, That's my goodness. That's law now. That's law. Six hundred forty wow. Out of 640 uh, uh, European parliamenters, uh, 384 or so voted for it. That's the wow. dead. And half of these the, people aren't even legitimate. European industry aren't even legitimate uh, representatives in many cases. No, no, and that's the debt of the European economy, a hundred percent, because thirty percent of the European, the German economy for sure, thirty percent hangs on car production. You know what I see in all of this is um, our enemy wants. Uh, a total destruction of us and what I see happening because they will yep. not stop they will not stop our there will be a collapse now at the moment it could be that I think well our numbers are still in our favor it's not for long though so I it's it, it's a terrible thing to, to think about but it's almost like Okay, if this collapse comes about quicker, we have a greater chance of coming out the other side. I, I mean, there will be many, 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 many casualties, but in terms of just uh, our people, our race, if we are to continue to exist, then this collapse, probably if it happens sooner rather than later, it will work in our favor because we still have our intelligence and our creative our creativity we those are of our race and I, I think at the moment we still have numbers in our favor and so i see this as the more people that we can wake up before this collapse which i think is inevitably coming the more of us who are awake and truly understand what is going on the more the better our chances are for our race to persevere and come out the other side and we are, you know, that we are on the winning side. Like right now, things are looking pretty dire and, you know, you're outlining the the ownership being all in the hands of very few and whatnot, but go ahead. Sorry, I hear Dennis. No, I, I just saw something on here real quick. Not, channels uh the stuff going on in east palestine this is very interesting east palestine weeks away from launching new my id medical services there's a report here from a <laughs> local affiliate and basically they got this little box of my id tag they've got little wrist bracelets uh gway uh things key fobs basically uh this is why the media hasn't been talking about it this is a uh a false flag situation to implement this crap, and they use these people as guinea pigs. Yep. Let me uh, see if yep. I can play the clip and see if you guys can hear it. Hang on one second. 
small town to make a big impact. Yeah, East Palestine is excited to make an important medical device available to all 4,700 residents. I, I bet. told you about it in October, and Sunday there's a special meeting to share more or start signing up. The My ID program is ready to roll out in East Palestine. It's a medical information system which helps first responders provide care. I and bet. It gives us that rapid <laughs> Yeah. Some kind of medical emergency. My ID provides wearable devices or key fobs which have QR codes. Emergency responders use a camera phone to access important medical information. It shows them the underlying medical conditions you've supplied about allergies, medications, even emergency contact. That information could impact treatment decisions if a person can't say it. All of the information is HIPAA compliant. My ID is available in East Palestine and Unity Township. The fire department will demonstrate it to other departments which provide backup. My ID can be used anywhere. I bet. Residents can learn more during a special meeting at the East Palestine. <laughs> you know, they community. make it sound so wonderful. Oh, oh yeah, always. Um, and just so we can see what, how, who all is interested in it. People who are ready can sign up and pick their device. That's free. It's free. Free, yeah. Oh, goody. And then yeah. you are not free anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Secure, right? Yeah. That's when my ID will go live. Any phone camera can open it. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, they've already got it ready. That's why the media has been talking about it, because they set the right. It, it's obvious. Yes. Now that's why they're not talking about it. I wonder, You know what I wondered about? And I, I sent that, I think I sent that on Telegram today. Uh, so there is, a, there is a highly trained train engineer, right? I mean, highly trained. These people are highly trained. Every 30 seconds, this guy has to hit a life button so that he is still alive and signals, hey, go on, don't make, a note, make an emergency break, right? Every 30 seconds, he has to do that, at least in Germany. I don't know if that is a different interval in, our, in, in the United States. But he has to hit a button at certain times to show that he is still alive and aware and consciousness. And for 38 miles, he is driving down at 50 miles the railroad with 10 or 15 uh, cars on fire, and he doesn't recognize that? I mean, I have to be really, really stupid to believe that. That was on purpose, that whole thing. There were four different indicators on the railway, so-called so heat sensors. These are infrared sensors who have the, 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 uh, they, are, they are there to track the, uh, the temperature of the rail axle bearings, because that is one of the failing parts in railroad systems. So there are these infrared sensors which are recognizing any temperature which is above a, a certain lim limit. And I, I'm a certified infrared analyst. I know what that, what that thing does. And then so that when the stories it's you've been hearing about Ohio, the, was it ten miles down the road they had a, they had footage yeah. of, of flames coming out from underneath the axles long before the crash. Yeah, 
30, 35, million, uh, 35 miles where this train was on fire. First one, one to start, and then at the end, 15. I'll, I'll just make a comment here. I, I know that um, over, like, I don't know if this was a few years ago or when it was uncovered that some of the instructions and, you know, manuals for Antifa's, uh, one of the things that they were being taught is how to derail trains, how to sabotage trains. Like, this is... This is in their manuals, you know, like th- that's not something that yes. we're going to see now written about in the, right. or told in the mainstream media. But I, I agree that this was uh, deliberate uh, act. <laughs> and now we know why. <laughs> Starting point for IMED, yeah, great. Um, maybe they built a big railroad uh, change yard there afterwards right i think also not just this medical thing but also to actually poison the farms the the water supply the farmers kill kill the animals kill chickens i mean this is about amalek kill amalek and leave nothing alive no 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 uh man woman or child or or blade of grass or or cow or pig or chicken yes so it's about it this is war and this is an act of war, and it, the war is is hot. You know, I used to say up until very recently, I would always make a distinct dis, uh, distinction between you know wars that are hot, meaning oh with bombs and and guns, yep. and that we're in a war, but it's not hot yet. But no, I'm saying it is hot war. It's just a different type of weapon that is being used, right. and it. We are in a hot war because if our enemy seeks to seeks to kill us, I don't know what by what other definition that's not a hot war. Like that is a hot war. We are in a war, and this is, is the thing that people need to understand. They need to understand the gravity of it. It's not just some trivial thing going on, and maybe I can just ignore it and go play in the sandbox still. Mm. No. It's do yeah. or die time. We are in a war. Everybody, it's time to stand up, and, and it's do or die time because it is about our very existence. I Yeah, I, I totally agree, uh, Monica. I mm-hmm. think one of the reasons is that we have been so duped with wrong history that we yes. don't even know what is true anymore. Exactly. You can't see the false... You can't see the falsities yeah. so because I started, we have no frame of reference. Yeah. Oh yeah, we have one. Let me let me tell you what we have. I started to listen to William Fink of the website of Christogenia. And the reason why I did that was he has a history track where the ancient Germans came from. And he can prove based on historical data not only the Bible, but are based on Assyrian um, script plates, based on historical founts in this area, that the Adamic race after, after Noah's flood was white. All the families were white. And the Israelites were chosen out of these Adamites families and nations and when the israelites were put in captivity by the assyrians they were put over at the mid area at the north of the mesopotamian uh flat and from there they immigrated into europe the the original 
Israelites are the original Germans, Brits, and mostly Americans, the Celts, the, the Slavs, all of these are offsprings, are their ancestors are the, the 10 tribes or 12 tribes actually of the Israelites. And the Edomites have taken that from the tribes because these tribes have forgotten where they came from. And so we today, we got told that these, these bastards are the, the Jews, are the, uh, the, their ancestors are the Israelites, and that's completely wrong. Yeah, that it's is a stolen, stolen identity, stolen identity. Right. And, and that, you know, it's oh, interesting because they are so the, many, the, so uh, many uh, nationalists. So many yeah. nationalists today don't know that, and they say, yeah. "Yeah, the Bible is bad, and all these Jews and all." Yeah, but the Jews are not the Israelites. Mm-hmm. That needs to be spread out. If the people understand that these are the Edomites who are the offspring of Cain, as Jesus said, you are the sons of the devil, because that is what they are. They are Canaanites. They are the offspring of the Canaanites. And that is why they're worshiping Satan today, because that's their God. And they think they are their own God too. And if, if the white people would understand that, where their real roots are, that would open their mind for changing their attitude and start fighting back. So that's what I wanted to say. Uh, going back to Dresden Hitler a little bit, that. though. Uh, Dennis, Dennis Hitler had covered that. a little bit. He had covered a little bit of that in uh, Goodness Story Never Told. Um, not only that, but um, Hitler's response to the bombing of Dresden. Uh, again, what a national leader is supposed to do. And even the uh, uh, appeal to the Red Cross, but basically even even to the Red Cross, they basically said, "Screw you! Your guys are the enemy. We don't give a damn what you think." So I mean, what are your thoughts on that, documentary it really documents um the atrocities committed to the german people by the allied forces and uh yeah there is yeah there there, you can't put it all in the red army because the british and american were just as bad at attacking and and raping german women um as much as the reds but the reds were infamous for it because they knew that's what they were going to do yeah, they were directly now, ordered to do what, so. What needs, 
yeah, what needs to be done is it needs to be distinguished between the Soviet Union and their Jewish leadership and their Jewish commissars yes. and Russia today. There's a huge difference between these two. That's the first thing. The second thing is I, I want to put in here the documentary Hellstorm, which is very, very precise in uh, listing a huge number of original interviews. This guy, I, I can't remember his name, starts with a G, I think. He Goodrich. Awesome. Goodrich. Goodrich. That was Goodrich. Thomas, yeah. Good, Thomas Goodrich. Awesome job which he did there with this documentary. And uh, it, it needs to be published also to, to the people and to tell them to watch that, which I do all the day. Uh, whenever I have a chance to talk to somebody yeah. listening, most people don't even want a listening. That's that's one of the points. So I want to make uh, another comment and, about about what's been done to yeah. the Germans, and and this is you know the, related to Dresden, related to all these fire bombings, related to all the the things that were done to the Germans. So you know it's like there's a triple or quadruple slam against the Germans because first. First, they get physically just really, really bombarded and flattened and, and in the war, and then women raped and just just really, really terrible things done to Germany. So that's bad enough, okay? So that's they've suffered that. Then they get turned into the villain. They get suddenly depicted as the villain, and all kinds yeah. of stories get made up about them, which so that suddenly they are made to feel guilty and then mm-hmm. if somebody of these german people try to remember and tell the truth they get criminalized and demonized yep. and yep. then they are not allowed to mourn their own dead without being harassed and and also demonized and criminalized like was evidenced on Saturday in Dresden once again and every year yeah, this happens yeah. as they try every to every year yeah so so this is like a quadruple slam against them they're not allowed to remember or grieve their losses and then they are deemed to be the bad guys that they have done all these evils against the others who actually did it to them it's it's just more evil than i can even it's it's hard to even express it let alone realize it and and believe it and digest it it is so egregious this crime that has been done against the german people you know one yes. of those things is bad enough the the bombardment and just absolute flattening of germany and and the raping of of germany and the looting of germany afterwards like that's bad enough but then all those other things so that they are suddenly the villain and then they have this guilt trip, and so that now the young people are themselves screaming at these mourners and having a sign there saying Nazis to it and like kill Nazis, and they're screaming at these mourners telling them they are Nazis. So in other words, inciting to kill them. This is so. Yeah. It it's so bad. Like it, I I don't even have words for it. But you know, more and more people are are seeing it and waking up and understanding the egregiousness of this. That is my hope. That is what I feel. I feel it in the wind. I feel the winds are changing. 
this is what we have to drive home. This is why we do these shows, why we do these talks. All of us are working yeah. very hard at it, and there's many, many other people working very, very hard at it. And that that is what gives me hope. And we can never give up hope because if we give up hope, we may as well just you know, dig our own grave and get into it. <laughs> I also say if we have young listeners out there, go out and get married and make babies have families don't ever let this notion of oh i don't want to put a baby into this world it's too dark and no they've been doing that to us for decades when i was young right it was the big scare the nuclear scare and so oh people don't shouldn't be putting children into this world and then there was the overpopulation thing and then there was then it's the climate change thing oh we better not have children to save the planet and and now it's you know, oh, no, no, we don't want to put people in this world. We're just ruining the world. This has always been done to us, the white race. No other race has been right. guilt-tripped no into other not race. having children. Nope. It's the nope. white race. Nope. So this is probably one of the most important things that we should be getting, you know, the message through to people. Make families, have babies, live life, and, and grow food yeah. and start your parallel societies that you you're like parallel structures because our we are facing a collapse of our civilization they are bringing it on we will yeah. come through the other side not all of us but sure. as a race we will we have the ingenuity we have the creativity and we will we will come through the other side and that's that's kind of my parting message. I have to go pretty I, I, soon. I think the brainwashing is really getting bad, Monica, because of the fact that you look at a lot of these celebrities. Um, I looked at some of these younger actresses and stuff that start popping up. And for give example, uh, Bella Ramsey, who was Lady Mormont in the Game of Thrones uh, series, the young girl who ended up basically being the head of her clan, uh, who was actually related to uh, uh, Sajora, and um, she uh, she's currently co-starring with um, uh, Pedro Pascal, who's also a Game of Thrones uh, um, actor as well, uh, in a show called The Last of Us, which is essentially uh, is to keep the Dead finished their last season, and then this thing started. And so now that's coming on. And the whole third episode was focusing on these fags that, that these two guys got together, and the whole episode was about them and building their relationship and all this. I mean, it's just absolute, just sick gay shit. Okay, and so it's like a lot of people got turned off by it, and a lot, and a lot of people are gonna actually stop watching it because they're like, oh man, if they're gonna be promoting this outright homosexuality. It is not worth watching. But anyways, you, you look at her wiki profile of her and um in her uh her uh private life situation, personal life says Ramsey identifies as gender fluid. She does not care which pronouns are used to refer to her. In an interview with the New York Times, <laughs> she stated, I'm very much just a person. Being gendered isn't something that I particularly like, but in terms of pronouns, I really couldn't care less. Ramsey disguised herself as a Christian. Right. Then her faith helped her when she was struggling with anorexia nervosa. She runs a YouTube channel called United Hope where she shares her faith, and Ramsey plays guitar and sings. So how, how can you claim you're gender fluid? I mean, she, she, a person I looked at, I thought she was Scottish. 
but she also looks like she's got a touch of downs. I mean, seriously, I looked at it, I was like, she had down syndrome at all? But I was mm-hmm. impressed with her with her role as Lady Mormont. And then I, uh, it took me a second to realize who this girl was again. I was like, oh, isn't that the chick from Game of Thrones? And then, um, you know, she plays this uh, chick who supposedly has some sort of special blood or something in her veins that uh, resists the uh, the infection. And so they're trying to get get her to another place where they can figure out how she's able to do this. So it's kind of like a children of men type of situation. But the bottom line is I've seen a lot of these young actresses, and we're talking some good-looking ones like, um, what's her name, Shalene Woodsley, and whatever the other one it looks like her. Anyways, they, they, they obviously are feminists. They don't want any children. I mean, they're already being programmed that they're just going to go in for themselves. They're not going to have any type of legacy to leave anything to. But they don't yeah. get, they're so selfish, they don't want children. And it's terrible. Yeah. Sonny, I, I, I would love to stay to the end, but I didn't even think I would stay this long. I need to go. I have somewhere I need to be. So I'm going to okay. thank you very much for letting me join you. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, sign off here and um, wish thank you well. You and, yeah, okay, I just needed to, to, to tell you that. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> it's, it's bad, but we, we should have hope, and we have yes. hope in Jesus Christ at least. Absolutely, right? so, absolutely. And um, and people yeah, are waking up hope. in droves. It's, there, there's definitely always hope. Monica will return. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. No, till our dying breath, we we have we maintain the you know hope and that we are on the winning side. We have truth on our side. We have God on our side. Gott mit uns, and yeah, yeah we will persevere. So I, it was great to be on with with all of you, and thanks a lot, Sonny. And I'm gonna I have to say say goodbye now. Thanks so much. Bye bye. I tell you, brother, I'd love to have him on the show again soon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so uh, th- there's Monica. So, yeah, uh, like I said, Dennis, you had covered some of that stuff. Um, the German response to the bombing of Dresden. Basically, um, they appealed to the Red Cross, and the Red Cross uh, was, was was collecting some of this data. But basically, the, no one was would, would even have uh, a word of it. Nobody cared. All they know is they want to eradicate the German people, and then the war did not end in May of 1945. The war continued on the German people for several years, beginning with the oh, occup- yeah. uh, occupying of Germany, which is only points your documentary, Dennis. is towards the end. The, fi- the fact that um, Admiral Donitz did not sign a formal agreement to the transfer of the power. So essentially, this federal thing or whatever of Deutschland have created is a completely illegitimate government. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Germany is Germany is still a a, uh, a state of enemy. It's still listed in the yeah. uh, UNO documents as a, a state of enemy for many states, not only the United States. And uh, there has never never been a peace treaty, and all what we have is actually a uh, um, capitulation agreement between the German Wehrmacht and the uh, Allied forces. That's all. Germany has never – the German Reich 
in its in its borders of 1937 has never ceased to exist never and that is and that is the greatest tra tragedy that the germans themselves don't know that and everybody who starts talking about that in germany is considered an idiot get shut yeah. up yeah and and as uh, as uh, monica said it is so so I think the word evil is not enough for that, what has been done to the Germans, uh, forced into a war, slaughtered to the millions, bombed into, into oblivion, robbed. I mean, five trillion at the, at the end of the war, patents and technology at the value of five trillion dollars was stolen from Germany. That was at the end of the war. What is that today? Not to 50 trillion? Brain drain. 100 trillion? Yeah. More, more German soldiers died in American, uh, in American captivity camps. Yeah. than in the, war, in the war on the Western Front. And yeah, that so was, and that was the, the high... In there as well. The Eisenhower death camps. Yeah. Which, which is it's interesting yeah. because the fact that if, if we had some of the ability today, there's a very good possibility Eisenhower may not have been elected president in 1952 because of the simple fact that um, people would have started bringing up the fact that, hey, you, even though you defeated the enemy, what you did to them afterwards violates a lot of uh, uh, human standards, man. I mean, the, the basically yeah. Geneva Convention was totally thrown out. And, and rendered yes. superfluous when it came to the German soldiers. Yes. Yes. So. What are your thoughts on that, Dennis? I will ask you for a second, then. Just, just repeat the question. Oh, I mean, it just if we had some of the ability to um, to get information we have today, there's a very good possibility that that Eisenhower would not have been a shoe in in 1952 for president. That he could have actually lost. The presidential bid because of the fact that people could have went and said, "Hey, we, you, even though you defeated the enemy, what you did to the enemy afterwards is completely inhumane and should make you uh, completely ineligible to run for president." As a matter of fact, you should be brought out war crimes. Well, yes. Nice. I've come to the conclusion that elections are all a fraud anyway. You know, democracy. It's, it's what it is. It, it, it's, it's the dictatorship behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. one, one comes in, the Democrat comes in, then he goes out, a Republican takes over, and they're all in the same ball. Yeah. Right wing produce, and you've got left wing produce, and the two clash, the Chinese and the Communists, they'll clash, but in the end, they all come together. So nothing has ever changed. Yes. And that's the same in Britain, no. the same in Germany, it's the same in. Uh, America, people just, why, why they vote is beyond me, because it, it's just a fraud. Well, that's when George Bush said, yes. hey, well, we're going to bring democracy to your country. That's exactly <laughs> what that means. And so not only that, but Nikki Haley is, is announced her bid for uh, Republican nomination. And, and right there, oh, her opening statement, she stated specifically, and I actually posted this on my, um, on my uh, social media, this actually completely renders her ineligible to be a presidential candidate. She says specifically in everything, she says, quote, she argued in favor of limited government 
a new generation of leadership in aiding Israel and Ukraine. And I said, by that statement alone, invalidates her even as a candidate and as a neocon hack who would genuflect to Israel. Hashtag sedition yeah, and treason. That, and that makes sure that she gets elected because yeah. that's not as – we don't have elections. These are selections. Yes. The powers, the powers to be, the powers to be, select whom they want to have, and that the machines get programmed, and then they win. Yep. Yeah, and, it is and what it is. Said that. He said, uh, yep. "Presidents aren't elected; they're selected." And not only that, yep. but, uh, Brent Springmeyer had written a book called "Bloodlines of the Illuminati." And in this, in this book, which actually ended up getting incarcerated over it for several years, um, he said that every president has bloodlines to the Illuminati, and that even includes Ronald Reagan. Even Ronald Reagan. And and you know the what 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 everybody is celebrating so much as the uh, collapse of the Soviet Union and the communist system in in Russia and things like that. They knew that the Soviet Union could not longer be stable alive. They knew that. The Jews financed that, that whole experiment from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they knew that that doesn't that, – that, that, and that is why they put Gorbachev in power, because Gorbachev was blind enough to think that he could rescue the Soviet Union from the collapse and – just had to make a, a, a treaty with the, with the Americans to stop the, the weapons race. That was all on purpose. That was all on purpose. Anyway, um, we have a chance. The chance is small, Dennis. I agree with you. It's not really a big chance. And at the end, we know that Jesus comes on the white horse and slaughters this, this pack and, and throws it into, into the fire, the pit of fire. But yeah. that's that's all I can say to that. Yeah. If not, we better be, we better be hoping that tear will be striking real real soon. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, yeah. I think the thing that really goes on here is Dresden is a reminder of what can happen when war powers go unchecked, and then when people are completely dehumanized and and not that but an right. ideology supersedes a people. I mean, how many people wanted yes. to kill Russians just because they're communists? And, and most Russians want communists. They were forced into a communist society. At least Reagan recognized that, and he often spoke about the evil empire and, and how that they were uh, the biggest slave traders on the earth because of the fact that they enslaved the largest nation on the planet. And that says a lot. So I, I have to put something in here which which covers goes through my mind all the time because I'm you know as a German Austrian you 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 think different about many things mm-hmm. and um, I I think that these guys these uh, uh, power brokers they have been able to manipulate people to hate people instead of hating those who are causing all the issues. So yes. we should we should actually start not to talk about these stupid Germans, what they are doing, supporting that stupid uh, Ukrainians and uh, the Russians and this. It's never the people 
think about this. The Americans never wanted to be in World War I. The American people never wanted to be in World War II. The German people never wanted to have a war. The Russian people never wanted to be slaughtered by Jewish communists. The Ukrainian people never wanted to be slaughtered by Russian communists, Jewish communists in Russia. That, that was never their attention. But they were always manipulated by, by evil criminal leaders who were always in for their own good to get out as much power as they could and as much money as they could. And they never considered a life anything worth. And that is going on since Abel and Kind. Never forget this. Everything Hitler warned would happen if Germans lost the war has happened in, in on tenfold. So basically, have taken 1920s yes. Berlin and have and superposed it on the entire West. As a matter of fact, yes. I'm just looking at an Infowars story right now. It says Republicans introduced bill to ban porn books in schools, and the depiction that they're showing <laughs> in this um, article um, shows three pictures. They have a male and a female in a bed, and coincidentally enough. That the female appears to be it's cartoon. The female appears to be mm-hmm. whitish, and the male yeah. has got a little bit darker sepia skin tone. He doesn't look black. He doesn't look like he's got, but he could be. But they're already projecting that this is a good thing, as well as it says, "quote Sexual intercourse or having sex can involve the penis and the vagina, or the mouth and the genitals, or the penis and the anus." And they show respective oh pictures in here. And this is the type of smut that's in the damn um, schools. Now, now I'll give you an example. Here in Springboro, uh, about 10 years ago, when I was really active uh, uh, going to the school board meetings because Kelly Coles was on the thing. I actually had um, – there was something I, – I had actually booked a um, – the school library – to use for a presentation about educating people on uh, the Federal Reserve and the um, and, and and where uh, the, who controls the money, and the media totally blocked me out. So only had like a couple of people showed up, and we still kind of them. But anyway, as I'm setting things up, waiting, I'm walking around looking at some of the books in there, and I kid you not, I actually took video footage of it at the time. And there's actually a book in there on world government, world government. And then any books that was positive about any particular uh, Republican leader was gone. There was nothing there. For example, if, if they had anything on Barry Goldwater, it was his last book, which is more of an autobiography, okay? But there's none of his other books, no conscience of a conservative, no conscience of a majority. If there's anything on Reagan, it was the – the, the cons of Reagan. Otherwise, here's all the bad things he did. No, nothing about his good stuff. And, and really, in all fairness, if you want to summarize Reagan, what he did, besides winning the Cold War, all he did was simplify our tax code from 22 different tax uh, brackets to like six. That's about the only thing he really did while in office, um, if you want to give it in a nutshell, because, in fact, he was such a controlled creature between George H.W. Bush and all the Jews on his cabinet, he was completely controlled after he got shot. So, again, 
if there's a book in the Springboro Library on world government, what other sick stuff are probably in there as well? Yep, yep. Okay, um, I think I have to close out too. We're turning on to okay. nine o'clock. Was was great being on again, Dennis. Great to hear your voice. Uh, hope everything is okay yeah, over there in the <laughs> the the drowning the drowning island. I mean, drowning in in uh, influx of uh, idiots. But uh, it's all over Europe. I know. Um, yeah, it is a Dresden is a reminder on where it can end if we let these people do in 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 Ukraine what they have done with Germany. If we let them do what they have done with Germany with Russia, because it's the same play game, it's the same playbook yeah. they play. If we That's let over. them do that, we will see Dresden hundredfold in the United States, in UK and in Germany, and maybe in Russia. But yeah, that, that will like happen. Malaysia, and, at least. <laughs> and we have to, we have to, we have to stop that. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if protest alone is enough or not, but uh, at least we have to posaun the truth out. And for that, your radio show is a part of it. Thank you so much, Sonny. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon, my friend. See you later. See you, Dennis. Bye-bye. So, Dennis, uh, what were some closing uh, thoughts for you? Because, like I said, I know that uh, a lot more people have, have – your your first documentary has been out now for over 10 years. And I know you've gotten some interesting testimonials, uh, even some of the shows that you've been on that you used as uh, promos for your uh, first documentary. Um, just how much you've woken up people out of the brainwashing. I mean, if anything, you definitely have created a legacy for yourself that um, you have woken up a lot of people because we've been lied to our entire lives to think that this this saluting man uh, is the epitome of evil. And it's like, how is that possible? When we look at the causes and effects of World War One, leading into World War Two, I mean, if there wasn't the Bolsheviks and there wasn't the stab in the back, there never would have been a Hitler and there never would have been a World War Two. So you, you you can't totally you can't totally blame uh, the Germans for Hitler because of the fact that again just like in Mein Kampf uh, he warned about the evils of parliamentary democracy and uh, the fact that that a lot of stuff in that book is is now that 100 years old is still relevant today. Well, I think it's more it's more revealing when you're actually able to watch it now or read it now because of the fact that it's not as um it's not as verboten to read it because of the fact that it's now it's in free print because it's been what, seventy five years after the copyright. So it's it's totally able to be consumed on the public record as a historical document, no different than uh Caesar's treatise the uh, commentaries on the Gallic and Civil Wars. I mean, anyone who's going to be a poli sci major must read Mein Kampf and also read his follow-up book, um, 
that was never published during his lifetime to really kind of get an idea of and, and not just listen to the propaganda that the victors had written about. Which is really great, too, uh, boys and girls, because if you go to uh, the Greatest Story Never Told's website, uh, Dennis does have a store available on there, so you can purchase a copy of that incredible documentary as well. But also, there are a couple of freebies in there that you can get. You can get um, uh, an excellent version of Mein Kampf um, in, a, in a PDF with uh, footnotes some of the references of events and things that you may not understand in today's terms just because of the fact that that was news of the time, as well as even period photographs of that time period of when, when Hitler had written that book. So it, it makes it even more of a joy to read it because of the fact that uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more of a complete document in my view, as well as um, – isn't there a copy of Leon de Grell's um, uh, booklet on Hitler as well? Yeah, I think there is, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not me who's not organized that. It was the, it was the, the guy who had the website. Yeah, but like I said, it, it, that, that's available on there as well. Like I said, uh, a lot of people who are starting to look into National Socialism and what it really means, modern-day terms. I mean, you've got, you've got guys like Matt Heinbach. You've got the Nordic Frontier. Not Nordic Frontier, but Nordic Resistance Movement and others, yeah, yeah. Uh, the National Justice Party. When you when you look at their versions of National Socialism, a lot of the core elements of it are still there. Um, it's just been modernized for today's um, understanding and even technology. So, but the main principles are still there. And when you look at groups like the Nordic Resistance Movement in all the Scandinavian countries, they've uh, they, they're even some of the members are actually starting to win elections in their parliaments. So this is something looking. Why is it okay for you to have Green Party members and all these commies? You talk about the water, the watermelon parties, you know that they can do this. Well, yet we're not allowed to have any type of national socialist groups to to be able to be even heard, much less participate in government. But yet we can have all these commies, all these socialists. Independence, all, all these uh, Israeli genuflecting, you know, servants, but we can't have a different form of ideology that came from the mind of one man. Exactly. So, uh, are, are you the, the most demonized man ever? Well, in actual fact, one of the greatest of all time. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's just like, just like we're told how Caesar is bad. But when you look at what some of the stuff that Caesar was trying to do after he started getting the power, he was actually trying to improve Rome. It's just the fact that, that they didn't like how he was going about doing it. So, And I understand why, but Caesar realized that that form of government was no longer functioning properly at all, had a lot of cracks in the foundation, and needed an executive check. That oligarchy of the Senate and the two watered-down consuls was not enough to properly govern Rome, especially as big as it was getting. And so Caesar was just a, a creature of a system that was that was already falling apart, and so he's not really the the bad guy, the tyrant of tyrants, as we're told, because of the fact that his great nephew Octavian actually took it one step further. Basically, sole power is just the Senate became ceremonial. 
So what are, you, what are your closing thoughts about Dresden? I mean, uh, uh, do you think more people are starting to actually kind of really look at that with a John DeSly skepticism and says, hey, you know, uh, is that really necessary to bomb this, that city like that? Well, it's like I said, to, to me, knowing what the British Empire were up to way back around the time of John Dee, you know, and, and from all the following wars after, there were always, always masses of bodies after the war as well as during the war. It's just a blood sacrifice. They have their gods. Freemasonry has their own god. You know, and, and, and he requires blood. Well, we know, we, we know the Fabian socialists that, that they just, they haven't gone away. They've just kind of morphed into something different now. Yeah, they, they've gotten worse. But, you know, when people like George Soros and, uh, you know, Kissinger and all these guys that just refuse to die, man. And so like, it's pretty obvious they must be must be getting baby's blood or something because these Jews have a tendency to live well over 100 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, Kissinger. Really sure. How long has that guy been going? Yeah. <laughs> or even Kirk Douglas, you know, the actor. I mean, he was 103, 103 or so when he died, but he hadn't been active in decades. So it's like it's interesting how how he lived as long as he did, you know. Yeah. But it it just kind of blows my mind, man. It's like, gee, but you know, oh, then someone like Raquel Welsh dies at uh, at 82, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 84, whatever. I mean, wow, she was still a gorgeous woman. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, um, we want you to watch all these documentaries because of the fact that in, in some circles, uh, as you heard of my guest uh, from last week's say, Daisy Barr, she says specifically, one, one of the criteria for them joining their group is you have to watch all three of Dennis Wise's films, Europa, The Last Battle, and Hellstorm. Those are the basic requirements that you must watch and watch several times over because you could possibly quizzed on it, boys and girls. <laughs> but the bottom line is when you watch those films and and uh, they all make excellent bookends for each other, it really you really start to see who runs these countries and, and why all these wars, wars have been fought and who benefits from it. And it's always the bankers. It's never the countries. It's always the bankers. Always. You don't call it bankers for us for no reason. Right. So, um, what do you want to say in closing, Dennis? Well, uh, you know, this COVID uh, situation has, has, has opened a lot of people's eyes, for sure. But I still don't know. You know, until these people are, are you know, brought to trial, home drawn and quartered, you know, nothing's going to change. It's thoroughly got an arrogance to walk around the untouchable, uh, which is amazing to me because, you know, I'm quite sure there's people in this world capable who know what they've done. And uh, but they can't wait with it. Sad. Well, like I said, my grandparents' generation thought very highly of FDR, but since he died a couple of years before the war ended, um, he seems to have been glossed over. It seems like Churchill is now seen as the defender of the West, 
But really, when you look at Churchill and, and what he represents, not to mention the guy was not only – I've also heard some interesting stories about him recently, too. Not only was, was he a, a, a drunk and a debutante, but apparently he also liked young boys. Yeah, I've heard that, yeah. But don't, don't all be like Ugh. So we got another one of those. And it kind of makes sense. Maybe that's why he drinks to forget. <laughs> Well, I will say, I will say this. A couple of years ago, I did see actor Gary Oldman do a version of Churchill, and I thought he really nailed the the, the general essence of the man as we know it. Um, but I, I have to also say, I thought uh, John Voight's uh, interpretation of FDR and Pearl Harbor was excellent. And when I actually got to meet him in 2010 on the steps of uh, the Capitol in D.C. I did tell Mr. Voigt, said, sir, before you get too much older, I would really like to see you do a full biopic on FDR. Because I said, I think in, your characterization really captured the, the essence of the man. But it'd be interesting to see if you could actually do a biopic where you might actually find out some of the, the bad things FDR did, uh, subverting the Constitution and other things. Because of the fact that I think it's long past due that FDR's dirty laundry gets hung out to dry. He was in power for so long. How how much shit did he really push on the American people and nobody knew about it because everyone thought him and he was a savior? I did see a book out recently comparing FDR and Hitler because they're both essentially elected in 1932 and how their policies uh, were similar yet differed. But, again, FDR thought you could spin your way out of a depression where Hitler said, screw that. We're just going to get rid of usury and start a true labor currency. In other words, you do eight hours worth of work, you get paid for eight hours. But to me, I think that's better than any union could ever push. So, I mean, I, I still have not really found any books. I found one partial website that really lays out the economics of Nazi Germany, of exactly did to get the economy from a near brink collapse financially to a full employed populace within two years especially after he told his people give me four years to fix this thing and if I'm not if I don't get this done in four years I'll leave office just as I came in And then you understand why the German people stood with them, even when they're getting the shit bombed out of them in Dresden. They stood stood by their leader, man. That says a lot about the guy. Yeah. But, uh, I know, when, when, when I was making a great story I never told, uh, it got to, I mean, I, I know a lot of people have done this themselves. It got to a point where you realize just what happened, and it, it brings tears to your eyes. What the world lost. Unreal. Unreal. I, I mean, the more and more I really start gotten into it, like I said, because the bits and pieces they would show us is like, doesn't it doesn't make sense. Get a square to put in a round hole, man. But then next thing you know, I start really looking into it. And then just at the time I was, again, I had a friend told me about your documentary. I was like, oh, man, six and a half hours long? I got time for that shit. But then finally started sitting down one day, and like I said, Dennis, I went through almost four hours straight before I realized I had to get up and go take a piss. Yeah. 
I was like, I was so transfixed. And I watched it on my phone, man. My arms were almost completely numb from me sitting there in in a wingback chair watching this damn thing four hours into it. So I said, oh, God, I got to take a piss. So, I mean, I, I couldn't stop watching. I was so transfixed. And I said, you know what, before I get any more into this, I'm going to find everything I can in World War One. So I went to the library, got everything I could get, technology, politics. And I know the shit was biased, but I used it as a primer and looked at all the cause effect and what happened during World War One because they never talk about World War One. It's like it's like the War of eighteen twelve in Korea. It's these are for wars. The reason why they don't talk about it because they don't want to want you to know the real reasons why they had a war. So I was like, let me understand, let me watch this before I really get into World War Two because. And all of our schooling, like when they talk about the Civil War or even Revolutionary War, we never talk about the battles. We never talk about things in the timeline and what happened. Nothing. All we know is, oh, we fought a war with the British. We won, and we, we started a constitution. What the fuck? How can you really appreciate what Washington did? You know? And then they don't talk about the War of 1812. Oh, no, that's just a little skirmish. That's a disagreement. What the fuck? We can't really appreciate what Andrew Jackson did at the Battle of New Orleans, you know? He hated the British. I'm not even convinced we know all the history of the East. It didn't that much. Oh, I agree. But but like I said, when I saw that one guy's um, program on the All Wars of Bankers Wars, and he basically went back to even the French and Indian War, and really started the dots and really start who was pushing these wars and who was benefiting. And again, that's why the crown was leaning on the American colonies because of the fact that they were uh, paying back all the war debt from the French and Indian War. The Americans said they had enough, but that was the best time for them to revolt because of the fact that they were already uh, leveraged to the hilt and most of their forces were still in England. So it took a while for all those forces to get here and then, uh, you know, the the, uh, American rebels were able to do what they did. Otherwise, if if we had a lot more British naval power here, there never would have been an uprise and never would have been a country because they've been squashed in a matter of months. Yeah. Franklin, Washington, Jefferson, all be hanging. In this world, don't they? So these people one day, you know, they will rig what they thought because it's, it's criminal. Oh, it is, but I think the more and more people start to really understand what we I mean, the whole Japanese situation, okay, now there's some legitimacy there to a point, but we provoked that conflict because we already started cutting off resources to Japan because of what they're doing to China. And then eventually Japan realized, hey, man, we're going to have to do something to keep America out of this because, you know, Yamamoto had been here. I've seen what they've got in their country, dude. If they fire that shit up, we're fucked because – a country our size with our differences in topography and our industrial base, Japan wouldn't have had a prayer. Yeah. I mean, it, it would have made – the two bombings in Japan were bad enough. Can you imagine if we waged war in Japan like we did with Germany? There would have been no Japanese left. Exactly. Jeez. All right, my friend. Hopefully, um, on a side note, hopefully uh, you're you're feeling better, and 
Everything's in good working order. And um Um, are you working on any current or any new projects by chance? Not as yet. The possibilities like, but this energy levels, which which are difficult. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, ten years ago was a great story, and that took a lot out of me, you know. Well, like I said, man, I I was able to interview you the first two times, first time about the content, but then going into the actual making of your film because I I have a little bit of editing background myself. And so you were able to tell us about how the fact that uh, just that footage of Ava Braun you had, that, that it took you hours just to get that 12 seconds of footage, the right color saturation it needed. And it's like, holy shit. So, matter of fact, I noticed a lot of your footage was used in the Europa documentary. So, uh, kudos, man. <laughs> Thank you. And there, and there was a snippet where they, they, uh, they did use your voice from an interview you had did. So, like I said, they gave you an opportunity. The only problem is with their documentary, especially during your segment, the music actually um, drowns your voice out a bit. So there's a couple of things. My biggest issue on there is they list some dialogue, and they'll read like three-fourths of it or sections of it, but they won't read everything they've posted. And then they'll hurry up and start going. So I have to, like, freeze frame a lot to read the whole damn dialogue that's something that Churchill said or whatever, you know, or – the music uh, overshadows someone's voice. So that was the only major issues I've found so far, and I think I've got through part six. So I'm still getting ready to go into part seven. But, uh, I, I, again, it's definitely a must-view along with your trilogy because um, it, it's really understanding what happened, um, you know, why did Germany rise? Why was it smacked back down twice? You know, and the biggest thing is, is the fact that Germany was not responsible for World War One. They sure as hell look like they were. I did. That's bullshit. Just yeah. Yeah. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Take it easy. Have a good one, brother. And yourself. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, that's Dennis Wise, and again, go to, um, it's got several different uh, websites, one for each corresponding film, so um, I do believe you can go to Greatest Story Never Told TV, Yeah, so you could go to the greatest story never told TV, uh, the untold story of Adolf Hitler, and uh, there's a lot of information on there as well. Um, there is a trailer to view the film. There's also a link to buy the DVD. There is a store page, I do believe. Uh, yes, where is the, the by DVD? So click on there, and um, yes, here's the yes. Okay, so it takes you to MoneyTreePublishing.com. So you get the whole four disc documentary here. Um, it's fifty dollars. So the four DVD box set, six and a half hours at fifty dollars. Um, it is the NTSC format. Plays in all computer DVD drives. 
Uh, the copy I have actually does not. I actually have to have to extract it from my computer uh, uh, RAM RAM drive, and then uh, yes. So there's a tr- there's a two and a half minute um, trailer on there, but I definitely recommend you check that out. Also, if you go to click on shop, there's a lot of good links on there as well. So there's um, different books on the topic as well as uh, Henry Ford's International Jew, which is available for uh, audiobook. You also have links for The Secret Masonic Victor of World War II, as well as Communism by the Back Door, The Greatest Story Never Told. Um, Hellstorm, you can also get some stuff from Hellstorm on there. So you can get the book. Um, you can also get signed with Thomas Goodrich's autograph, $55 with Thomas Goodrich's inscription. And also um, you can you should be able to get the documentary. Again, you go to hellstormdocumentary.com to be able to get more information on that particular one there. And so, again, you've got the communism by the back door, probably .tv, and uh, secret Masonic victory. Let's see, I've had a look on here for a while. Um, you can find it on BitChute on Odyssey. How you see it? There, there. I know there's um. Yes, I got clicking this. All right. Um, where is the link to that? <laughs> You also go on archive.org, uh, which also features uh, Europa, the last battle. So, yeah, I, I'm not finding the website at the moment. I know it had been listed before. Anyways, you can find different ways to to view it as well. It is available on uh, BitChute especially, but there are definitely some stuff there to check out. So like I said, I've started diving into that. This is one of those things where I've got so many other stuff going on right now. I don't get a lot of time to sit down and actually really appreciate some of these documentaries. I can tell you when you start to watch it, it was very, very powerful. If you like the uh, Adolf Hitler Grey Story Never Told, you'll be floored, floored. When you watch Secret Masonic Victory of World War II, you're going to be like, holy shit. And you must watch Hellstorm as an appropriate bookend, as well as um, Europa, The Last Battle. Blow your mind away. All right. So uh, we opened up the show with Dresden uh, 2016, actually, from Bound for Glory, which is an update of the original from 1991, I do believe. And uh, we're going to close with uh, BFG, with Ironborn, and um, definitely, uh, hopefully, uh, people get to enjoy some of the information that was here. Again, uh, very much thank you to my guests, Dennis Wise, Harold Zeger, and Monica Schaefer. And um, Dennis is going to come out, or I'm sorry, Harold is going to come out with uh, a redo of his book here by Monday. And Monica also has a book coming out as well. So 
like a forging copies of those. And um, again, very much uh, an educational experience, that's for sure. So never forget what they did to the German people in Dresden. Just think that um, if the American people decide we are not going to have this shit and the way that they're turning the government, institutions, and military against us, we could have very well have a war with our own government and all of its uh, tentacles. So let's hope it never comes to that. But there's a very good possibility the military could turn a place like Chicago or Dayton or uh, Dallas into a Dresden. And we don't want that to happen, but it could very well happen, actually. All right, so we're closing with Ironborn by Bound for Glory. So watch them all. And fire and wind struck down these giants, and they threw their bodies into the waters. But in their rage, the gods forgot the secret of steel and left it on the battlefield. And we who found it are just men. Not gods, not giants, just men.
You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity, a call to action, and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow. The flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the Alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look toward the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever. Hi, this is Ron Paul. I am a former congressman, physician, and presidential candidate. The world is in turmoil. Things like Ebola, earthquakes, wars, and famines are commonplace. As Americans, we are largely sheltered from these events. However, in parts of the world, just having enough food is a huge problem. For some of us, there is the nagging thought that we may not always have it so good. So we keep some food on hand just in case. My family and I have found a product that helps us do this better. It's a home freeze dryer from Harvest Right. With it, we eat healthier and store a little more food. We freeze dry everything we love to eat, and it lasts up to 25 years. Who knows what the future will bring? One thing's certain, my family and I will always have food on the table. To learn more, go to HarvestRight.com or call 800-763-5999. That's HarvestRight.com or 800-763-5999. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing through the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our Constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign 
Misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 